Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Be sure to follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Catch us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Saturday, August 22nd, and uh, we're back in person today. Yeah, back in the studio. Yeah, so uh, had a got home for the weekend here and uh, thought we'd put out a, a special episode today instead of yeah. doing over the phone on Friday. Yeah, figured it was worth the worth the wait to get in person and uh, get you guys a better podcast. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you're in person. Yeah, it's more fun too. Yeah, and better verbal. It just it just you know cues going on better. and it flows better. Um, yeah, definitely. Just another beautiful Saturday. Got some more golf in this morning. Yeah. Um, Out on the course a little bit. Yeah, it was looking a lot better than last time. So, you know, yeah, we're nine. getting better. We're getting better. You went nine this time instead of 18. Yeah, no, I wasn't doing the brutal 18. Not in this heat. Today. No. Yeah, it's a little. 91 in Pittsburgh right yeah, now. A little too warm today. So, you know, I just did stuck with the stuck with the nine. It's yeah. good to get out there getting better finally because, you know. A little, a little progression. Yeah, still slicing the ball, still though. Still playing the slice. Yeah, no one's told me how to how to fix that so we're, we're working on it we're, we're working on we'll it we'll work on that at the break yeah uh, but first i know you got some uh a story you want to get to yeah i just want to get to the fact uh mlb um i've been really uh, impressed with how they've how they've uh conducted it you know minimal positive tests and they're still they're just just rolling right along yeah, um the, even despite the, the here yeah even despite the positive tests like i mean it's like under one percent of their the tests are coming back positive like they're doing a great job um, and, and, uh, the white Sox are taking advantage of that. I mean, they've been absolutely raking. Um, I mean, seriously, they're, they're ninth best hitter, like average wise, uh, is Yohan Moncada. Who's a top, a top, uh, 15 young hitter. I would say, um, he's a, he's hitting 266, not even hitting all that well right now. Um, they just, and they just, they just kill the ball. Have you seen, uh, Eloy Jimenez hit? Oh, it's beautiful. For all you guys that have Instagram out there, go to go to the MLB Instagram right after you get off, you know, our Instagram page. Yeah. Um at, at underscore issue podcast. At the underscore issue podcast. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, um go over to MLB's Instagram and just watch they posted something within the last couple of days. Um a video of, of the White Sox. I think it's like nine home runs um from their series at Wrigley. And when you see Aloy Jimenez swing, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, they have five guys with five or more home runs. Um, I would say like five right now would be pretty average. Yeah. Um, you know, anywhere you get you get up towards like above ten and eleven, you're getting into Tatis and uh, and Aaron Judge. Those are the the league leaders. But I would say like five or six is like average. So they have five guys that are above average home run wise. The OPSs are, are through the roof. Um, they they just keep getting better. Uh, Tim Anderson's hitting. Like 366 right now, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I think he's only behind Charlie Blackman at this point. Maybe DJ LeMahieu might be in front of him, but he's just killing the ball. Um, and then and then you, if you could get guys like Nomar Mazar and Edwin Encarnacion going, this team would be very scary, top to bottom. Um, Mazar is only hitting like two something. I think he's actually hitting exactly 200 with no home runs. Uh, I think he's he's had a, a nagging injury, so that, that explains that a little bit. But if he he can get going, and uh, Edwin, who's only hitting like 154, he has four home runs, so a little bit of pop. But 
I don't think enough to make up for hitting below 200. But if they can get those guys going, one through nine, they have – it's a buzzsaw. It's an absolute buzzsaw. I mean, Luis Robert is looking really good, really young, yeah. like really quick. Mm-hmm. Nick Madrigal, the, the shortstop that called up, the infielder, he looks good. Yeah. Um, actually got drafted out of Oregon State. I think that was three, two or three years ago now, um, probably two years ago. But I've just been really impressed. Um, and with not even that great of pitching, I think that's that's obviously the, the, weak, the weakness. I mean, with an offense like this, I mean, that's pretty much by default that would be your weakness. Yeah. Um, I think they just need to, to work on that a little bit. Uh, I, they're just really good. Uh, they're, they're sitting at 16 and 11. Only one game back of the Twins, though. And the Twins are thought to be, you know, a contender. And so they're right there with the Twins. Um, I, I'm very excited to see where this team goes. They're going to be really, really good, I think, for the next, like, five, six years. I mean, seriously. Definitely have the pieces and just that young, projectable talent. Um, yeah, just they're, just, they're just really consistent. I love um, Jose Abreu yeah. because he's just so incredibly consistent. He Every year you look up, it's like 280, 285, you know, 28 home runs, 31 home runs. Like, it's just consistently yeah. – he consistently produces without getting hurt too much. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that you always want on that uh, on your team in that yeah. lineup. Just gonna make stuff happen every single game. But uh, with that, we're gonna get over to a little NFL. Um, <sighs> Love the NFL. So I was uh, looking around today and I saw a uh, saw a list, and it kind of it caught my attention not because of who they had on top, because we sort of agree with the with the top three. Um, but as I looked down it, I, I just became more and more surprised, and that's going to be the top tight ends for this season, and it's ranked by Fantasy Sports Today. Yeah, uh, it was okay. I, I found it on NFL um, NFL dot com. So working from the top down this time, uh, we're going to start out. They had at number one George Kittle. I don't think we can really. That sounds we, about right to me. We don't disagree there. I mean, you could argue – Travis Kelsey at number two, you could argue that. But yeah. I think George Kittle's the best tenant. Yeah. And then at two, they have Travis Kelsey. I mean, those two are – they're always – they they should be the top two on every single list. I don't think you're going to really find anybody that disagrees with that. Nah. Um, and you move down to Zach Ertz at number three. It's not too bad. <laughs> I think last year you had a down year. But generally, like overall, I, I would say he's the top – Yep. And then, at least five. Well, yeah. And, I mean, if you're going to look at it in terms of fantasy sports, you should definitely put him in the top three because we all know how much Carson Wentz loves the third of the tight end. Especially in the red zone. Yep. He and targets plus, him. you know, they don't have, like, anyone else. Yeah. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz targets tight ends on average 15 times a game. Yeah. I, mean, I saw he, him there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Zach Ertz is going to get a lot of touches. It's just a matter of – a lot of touchdowns, too. Yeah. He goes to him. I mean, look, I don't really have anyone to go to in the red zone. Jalen Rieger – is more of a speedster. Mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey can't stay healthy. It's so he needs that big body to go to, and that's usually Zach Ertz. Yeah, they don't, or really, Dallas Goddard, they don't but... really do well with a run game in the in the red zone either. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I agree. Those are the top three, okay? And now I'm going to ask you to come in here to go four, four <laughs> and five, and then their honorable yeah, mention so, six. Um, Hayden Hurst at four? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Baltimore looked at him and said, hmm. You already have two tight ends. We have three really good tight ends, and he didn't make the cut as the one of the top two tight ends on his old team. You know, they gave him to, to Atlanta. I think Hayden Hurst is a very athletic tight end, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I want to say transcend him, but he's more um, 
where the game's moving speed wise than guys like um, Nick Boyle, who ultimately stayed in Baltimore instead of Hayden Hurst. But uh, I, I just, I, I would say maybe t- he's definitely top ten. He's yeah. definitely top ten. I don't even think he's had a year over like six hundred yards. Um, I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I really don't think he's had a year of over over a thousand yards, even, which is usually the mark for a really good year. Tight ends, you can kind of bring the bar down more. Like, um, yeah, I mean, he's never had a year above. Oh God, above four hundred yards. Above he his first year, he had a whole total thirteen catches and one hundred and sixty three yards <laughs> with one touch. His George Kittle can put up Hayden Hurst's career stats in half of a year. Half of a year. And they have him at number four. And they have him at the fourth best tight end in the league. <laughs> did they miss what happened with – did they Did they look at who he replaced, Austin Hooper? Austin Hooper's way better. Oh, it's not even close. It's not even – it's not even like a debate. Austin Hooper, other than his rookie year, hasn't had a year under 500 yards. Yeah. I mean, like I said, tight ends, you can bring the bar down a little bit. I would say like seven, 800 yards would be – is pretty good for a tight end generally. Um, Austin Hooper, 500 yards, six – almost 700 yards, almost 800 yards. Just like, one of those and guys, he's just been getting better. Just very consistent. Just look, he's just been getting better. In 2017, 49 catches. 2018, 71. 2019, 75. Touchdowns go up every year too. Uh, it goes from three to four to six. You know, so he just keeps getting better. I would put Austin Hooper there. And it gets even worse. To five. I don't even know who this guy is. Who they, is just jo- con- they just converted him to a uh, to a tight end. Who is Jonu Smith? Plays for the Cowboys. Can anyone? Who is that? <laughs> he was a receiver at trans, uh, and they just they pushed him to a to tight end. Oh, he's a. Or, I mean, in Tennessee. Tennessee. What? Yeah. Jonu Smith's never had above five hundred yards ever in his career. His career is eight hundred and some eight hundred and fifty four yards. Mm-hmm. Austin Hooper last year had almost eight hundred yards. What what are you what are we doing here, people? <laughs> what are we doing? I could name okay, that's the top five. Honorable mentions Blake Jarwin. He's garb. He's get him he out of here. He plays for Dallas. Yeah, he's in Dallas. Now Blake Jarwin plays for Dallas. Um, he's the honorable mention. I, I mean, he's gotten better. I mean, again. His career is Austin Hooper and and Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey and George Kittle's half of a season. I mean, really, he has six touchdowns. George Kittle could easily catch six in his first six games next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if George Kittle had 10, 10 touchdowns like at the end of the year, mm-hmm. you know, or 12, you know. Uh, yeah, Blake Jarwin's just not – he's not it. You know, he's not he's not that good. Just, and um I mean literally go through right now. I could I could pick out three guys in in the AFC North alone that I would rather have than Hayden Hurst, Johnny Smith, or Blake Jarwin. I would rather have Mark Andrews in Baltimore. I would rather have either of the tight ends in Cleveland, Austin Hooper, David Njoku. I think David Njoku is very overlooked, and he's going to be overlooked again because he's like the seventh weapon. But if he goes anywhere else, he's a top weapon. Um, he's really fast, great hands for a tight end. And he blocks a little bit too. Um, I would rather have him. And then you go to the next vision. Um, yeah, no, I mean, but like seriously, I would, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just. The top three? I just it. don't see it. I would rather have Darren Waller in, in um, Vegas. The Raiders. I would rather have Darren Waller. 
Uh, I would rather have Hunter Henry. How about, is anyone going to talk about Hunter Henry? No. I would rather have Hunter Henry than any of them, honestly. I would have put Hunter Henry probably at four, right behind Zach Ertz. Really? You put him there and... And then probably Hooper and then Hooper, fifth. And then Hooper? Okay. I mean, uh, let's look at Hunter Henry's stats. He's insane. Um, I mean, look, first year he caught eight touchdown passes. Yards were down only at like 500, but he had a really good, um, a lot of touchdowns. And that he averaged 13.3. I like tight ends. I like to look at average um, yards per catch just because that's important. When you go to your tight end, you need results. It's not always about the amount of catches and the amount of yards. It's about if I go to you because generally you're not going to be – they're not the top option. No. You know, once you get below Kittle and Kelsey and and sometimes Ertz, they're not the top option anymore. They're more of a safety valve. And so if you can check down to Hunter Henry and get 12 – last year get 12 yards a catch and five touchdowns and add 700 yards, I'll take that any day. Yeah, and I mean, especially a big body like that. If you're looking for third and two, third and three, you need somebody that you can just check down on a little stick route. Yeah, and, st- and, and then they can break off 12 yards, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, those are – George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, and – And uh, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry I'd rather have David Njoku. I'd rather have Mark Andrews. I'd rather have Darren Waller, like I mentioned. Yeah, I'm just trying so, to. I'm, go, I'm going through. I'd I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph up in Minnesota. Um, trying to go through, you know, the tight ends right now in my head. <laughs> I mean, it's just I can't. Oh, I'd rather have um, OJ Howard and in, uh, in Tampa. Yeah, especially now that he has an actual quarterback um, who's not going to throw to the other team. And Mike Gesicki and. I'd probably have, I think, for the next 10 years, I'd yeah. rather have Gasicki. Um, in Miami. In Miami. He's tall. He's fast. He's great hands. Um, he's a basketball body, so you just throw it up to him. I'm, right now, I'm going Definitely projectable. Going through the divisions. I mean, like I said, O.J. Howard, I'd rather have him. If Gronk can uh, – people are saying Gronk looks really, really good, really quick, doesn't look out of shape at all. If Gronk returns to like seventy percent of his of his uh, of himself, I'd rather have Gronk. Yeah. Um. I just the list is just not. No, it's not a valid list because you see it and you're like, okay, yeah, that's almost like comedic. It's just not a valid list. Um. I mean, I don't even. That's, I don't even yeah. see how a fantasy sport, how fantasy sports can come up with this because these guys aren't even getting targeted as much as. I just don't see it, you know. But anyway, that uh, that about wraps up our first segment. We will be back with segment number two. We'll come back with the news. Terrible list. Um, we have an ice cold take coming up after the yeah, break. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and a little bit of a game. Uh, it's gonna be running backs this time. Nick Chubb or who? So make sure you come back after the break because you're not gonna miss this stuff. Yo, we are back. Segment two, yep. um, a loaded segment. Yeah, uh, just talking over the break, helping you out with your uh, golf game there. Little yeah. tips for non-slicing. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to try the coat hanger drill you were talking about. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited because I'm in a little outing on uh, on a, on Wednesday, mm. a little, little midweek 8 a.m. tea time outing. So I'm pretty excited because that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually a really good putter, and there's a there's the longest putt contest. So pretty excited. There you go. Oh, I sunk. I sunk a beautiful like, oh, like a t- beautiful like twenty footer today. It was <laughs> it was gorgeous. 
gorgeous. It's one of those where you can see the slope of the green, right? Mm. And you play it perfectly. And you just judge it. You know, yeah. you do you do one of the Tiger Woods. You get down there, you look at the slope. You get on the knee, you kind of use the club. Yeah, you walk through. both ways. You walk behind the hole the other way. You get in the whole picture, right? Anybody steps And then in, I just cut a beautiful, like, maybe even 25 feet. It was so gorgeous. Right, right off the fringe, too. Like, right next mm. to the fringe. Mm. It was one of the most beautiful putts ever. Um, but anyway, you yeah. Shout out your putter there. What, what brand you got? What, what are you rocking the golf? John clubs? Daly. Okay. John Daly clubs. Yeah, they're not the best clubs because I don't I don't golf enough to get the cream of the crops no, there. Yeah. But uh, same, same here. Now I'm more of a golf outfit type of guy. Looking mm. fantastic when I yeah. golf. Yeah. You got to look yeah, the part. Too. You know, you got a, a Nike polo or Tiger Woods polo. I got a, I got a PGA Tour one, oh. and I got some really nice um shorts from. I thought I saw on a Snapchat you yeah. sent me. You had Tiger Woods hat. The yeah, I do have the Tiger Woods hat. And, blacked uh, out. I think I think maybe for the uh, for the actual outing, I think I might I might go red for Tiger. You know, oh, my yeah. Sunday red. It's a Wednesday, but you know, you might just have it'll be my Sunday. Just, you know, you so, might just have to. yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, let's, get, let's just get right into the uh, the news right here. Um, Earl Thomas, big yeah, one Earl Thomas, NFL. being Earl Thomas, you know, um, mm-hmm. just the problem again. Uh, Sent home for fighting. Uh, I saw the video. He posted the video on Instagram, actually, of of the play that he got in a fight with the, the teammate. I, I didn't see the altercation because it cuts out before the altercation, I think. Um, but I saw that he was upset after, I think it was Lamar, threw a deep route or whatever and burned the defense, um, which Lamar's actually looking really good passing right now. It's oh, kind of yeah. scaring me. But anyway, um. He gets upset at a fellow safety. I'm guessing because they got mixed up in uh, who's got high-low coverage. Um, Looks like the safety rolled down into uh, closer to the flats when I think he should have been back is what Earl Thomas was saying. But just it's just a, another problem. It doesn't have to escalate to a fight. No. It doesn't have to escalate to something where now he's calling out organiza- like an organization and the guy and like making a big problem now on social media. I feel like safeties are always a problem. Earl Thomas was a problem in Seattle. Um, Cam Chancellor would always get into a little bit of scuffles. Um, Jamal Adams, as great as he is, he was calling out coaches and GMs and players, you know, so he was a problem. I feel like it's always a problem. Yeah, I mean, team leaders are saying, too, just to go along with the story, team leaders are saying that they're glad he's gone, that he's not around right now. Yeah, they're, they're, um, there's a very real possibility that Earl Thomas doesn't suit up for the Ravens. I uh, – I think he's going to, and the the reason is because who else do they have? Baltimore, yeah, and Baltimore understands the importance um, of Earl Thomas and understands that I feel like they're a very rock solid um, organization, and they'll figure it out. You know, they're going to put football first over any personal matter. Obviously, if it, if it becomes too toxic for the locker room, then that's a problem. Yeah, I think they understand that, but I think they have issue. a good. They're going to have a good head on the shoulders here and realize that hey, he's a really good football player and this is our championship window. We can't be giving away good football players, you know, mm-hmm. over, over, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, in the grand scheme, it's minute, you know, he could have had some problems off the field legally, but he didn't, it's just on the field, a little shuffle. Um, you know, he could be distant and stuff like that, but no, he's not, he's there. He's working. At least he's upset that it didn't go his way. Like at least he's competing. Yeah. I just think, I think he'll be there, but it is, it is a possibility that he's not. Um, some of the stories that are coming out are kind of troubling, you know, saying that, they uh, the team leaders wouldn't mind if he didn't come back. Uh, yeah. So I will we'll see. We'll monitor that. Give you guys updates um on that. Yeah, but next story we're gonna get into is with the NCAA. 
uh, and they approve the free year of eligibility. So players now, basically what that means. And they can play in as many as many events, as many sports, as many competitions, yeah. and still have an extra year of eligibility, yeah. which is great. Yeah, so basically it gives um, – I was listening to, you know, it was Pittsburgh local news uh, yesterday, just kind of caught it, I was in the same room, and, and heard Pat Narduzzi, uh, head coach of Pitt football, talking about it. And he said it's great, and he said the players feel relieved. So the, the feeling that's going around in college football is – you know, as players in the ACC, the Big 12, and um, and the SEC, you know, they're worried about, okay, if we do come back and play two, three games this season, is that going to be my senior year? Because technically they would have played, they would have lost that year of eligibility, and they wouldn't get that fifth year if the season got canceled. But the NCAA just uh, voted to approve that no matter what happens this year, they will have that extra year of eligibility. I'm glad the NCAA is finally on top of that. Um, finally taking care of their players. Yeah, they're, they're starting to really impress me a little bit. I mean, I still think they do plenty of uh, things that do not impress me, but um, they were kind of out in front on letting players wear whatever they want on their jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're allowed to wear like a – it's probably a specific size, like patch or whatever, I think, on the front. Um, and I think they can put a name on the back. So it's going to be regulated, but still, that's really good. Um, they're getting out in front of that. They're almost letting the like players a, express themselves. Almost more like a players' union or a players' association like we see in, in the professional sports. Yeah, and so that's that's good. And then now this, um, taking care of their players, you know. And then I think – I think the money thing and then the, the payment of players is not too far off either. So I'm liking where the NCAA is heading. Maybe another uh, NCAA football coming back Ooh, on uh, hopefully on PS4 and Xbox. I'm really hoping, right? Listen, Didn't they approve that, right? Yeah. So just like um, just a little heads up, if that would happen, I would pay. Uh, I'd pay a hundred bucks for that. If year. that happens, the podcast is canceled for that week because I won't leave my room. Yeah, that's and about I to will say. be on that all day. Um, Every day for like about a week, and then yeah, probably. So monitor that, guys. If you see it come out, just know that I will not be here. Yeah, <laughs> um, taking vacation. The NCAA moving in the right direction. I hope that game comes back because that was arguably the best sports game of all time. Oh yeah. Um, next story. I don't, you want to get this one? You love him. Oh, Pat McAfee's my guy. I love his podcast with the, that he does with AJ Hawk. Um. I think some of the Barstool guys uh, are there as well. I love that podcast. It's hilarious, but they also talk about sports, you know. It's, it's what I would hope I can, we can grow our podcast to become because um, theirs is very awesome. I take notes from that all the time. It's just dudes hanging out, talking about sports. Um, so, But he's making his WWE debut, <laughs> which is it's funny. I, I don't really think too much about WWE because no one really cares yeah. about it. Um, it's definitely like dying, I would say. I the thing is, like, rating wise, it's really it hasn't moved all that much um, in the past like ten years. But like, I don't even know any WWE fans. Like, where are these people coming from? Yeah, I don't know. I think they all live under like the specific rock, and then like seriously, like I, the ratings like are about the same. They're they're still pretty decent. But like, how do I not know like anyone that watches? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a single friend that that's a fan or that can even name. Like, where are these like millions of viewers coming from? You know, like, yeah. I'm just like a. Just, but anyway, that that good for Pat McAfee helps his brand. Obviously, he's probably getting paid for it, so helps his pocket, helps his brand. 
Um, and it'll just be a good experience. I, I look forward to hearing about that on his podcast. That'll be cool. Yep. And uh, last story alert, guys. This is breaking freaking news. Breaking here. news. We're we're, uh, we're we are just shocked. Yeah, it's um, astounding. Can't believe it. Pirates get their fifth win. And I didn't they think are I'd ever be able to say it. Still at the bottom of the division, like four games behind, and even the worst team, worst in the league. We are and we are one hundred percent the actual worst team. You can look at win percentage. You can look at wins. You can look at losses. You can, you can look, look at, how at games back. Pretty much anything, yeah. Yeah. and we're last in it. Yep, we're ten. And the worst back. part is in our last ten games. So they're they're five and seventeen. Yep. So do the math real quick. What twenty two games? Yep, five. And so twenty two games. They've won five games in twenty two games. Yeah, but they have won three out of their last ten, which means they've won over fifty percent of their games in the last ten games in less than fifty percent <laughs> of their total games. Yeah. So they started what? Two and what? Two, two and 12? No, yeah. two and 10. Two it would and be 10. Two, they started two and 10. They started. They are abysmal. They're terrible. They're terrible. I can't watch this team anymore. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched a single game all year because I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I tuned in, I think, for a couple minutes to watch like Colin Moran, and he had a home run, which is pretty dope because I only tuned in for like five minutes and he hit one. So that was awesome. They're playing. Right I now. just really can't watch them. Here, let's see. They are ab- abysmal. No, they're up one nothing right now. Look at them. Are they going for two straight here? Wow. Are the Brewers that bad? We might just shock the we might shock the entire division. Come back. Now we're ten and a half out of first. Let's see how they get our. Oh, Polanco bloops bloop bloop doubled. How about it? Doubled to doubled the right. That's the only thing he's done so far yep. this year. Cole Tucker grounded out, moving moving Polanco to, to third, and JT Riddle with a fielder's choice. Wow, so that's the most like uneventful run maybe ever. Yeah, that's really actually boring. Oh wait, no, that's not even a run. Oh. Never mind, never mind, never mind. That was talking about what happened so far in the bottom of the second. Okay, Colin Moran doubled doubled in Adam Frazier. Oh, so once again, Colin we're Moran. seeing Colin Moran being the only person of, of worth. And producing. Uh, so that means he'll probably be gone at the deadline, I'd say, right? Yeah. That's Pirates, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Pirates baseball, we take our best player, we deal him, we get nobody, and then we move on. That's how it works. Um, There's not a single region in the whole entire United States that voted that the – that the the pirates would win. It's a sixty four percent Milwaukee global vote, and then even in the Pittsburgh region, we still get beat out sixty four percent Milwaukee and thirty six Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, uh, Derek Holland looking good though. Two innings, one walk, one strikeout, only one hit, no runs. So that's looking good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're just really, really bad. And we'll keep and you updated so, on the on the game if you even care. We'll uh, be able to keep you updated on their wins. We won't be able to fall too far behind on that, so no. we'll be able to let you know. Because we should be doing um, it. should be little, about one a week, so we should say, be able to, like, I, yeah. I was going to say maybe one every two weeks we could cover a Pirates win. Yeah, maybe we'll, often. like, maybe we'll start having celebrations, and if I see that they win the night before, we'll start bringing in, like, some, like, chips and salsa like we did back in uh, elementary school and yeah. have a little, like, we'll have an ice cream party or something. get together, maybe a pizza party. A little party. pizza party. Like, every time they win, we'll get a nice celebration. We'll order that. a little stuffed crust to the house. Maybe I'll make yeah. some guac or something. We'll, we'll have a great, like, you know. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, that that's about all right, all right. All right, here's what we're gonna do. Every time they win, the team that they beat, we're gonna get a food that's native to that thing. I'm gonna eat it. You know, and we're gonna eat it. We're gonna have a nice little party every so time like the Buckeyes win. So they beat Milwaukee. So what are we gonna eat? Well, like, well, we're having hot dogs later. Close enough to brats, right? That's yeah. right. Oh, we actually are cheese. Brats, yeah, yeah, we'll have some cheese or something. All, all right. right, so we're gonna we'll go downstairs and cut a piece of cheese and we'll have that. So, um. Yeah, I mean that's about as much as we can do for the Pirates here. Yeah, they're just yeah they're just really abysmal. So let's but, get to the actual exciting. Yeah, we have the ice cold take back today with a vengeance. Yeah, uh, you want to cover that up? Yeah. So um, she's gonna say his name. We're gonna call out Chad Finn of the Boston Globe. Um, you know, hey Chad, I get it, I get it. You gotta you gotta write for the hometown team, make them sound good. But uh, he said. I don't remember when this was. I should have checked the article. Um, I'm guessing it was when all the Jarrett Stidham hype was out there, saying that oh, he's been in the room for a year. <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely the next successor of Tom Brady. And he said, "quote This is a promise." And quote Jarrett Stidham is going to be a very good quarterback for the New England Patriots. So like very good. Like I would put like Kirk Cousins is like the bottom tier of very good. You know. Um, anything else other than that is still good. Like I would say like Kirk Cousins is like very good. And then the tier below him would be like Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, which is still good. And then average, you get down into like your Ryan Tannehill's, uh, you know, Case Keenum's, et cetera. So he thinks he's going to be a very good, which is very good. is usually Pro Bowl level. Yeah. Pro Bowl levels like, you know, like I said, Kirk Cousins, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady still, Drew Brees. I wouldn't put Drew Brees elite, but he's still very good. Um, like Deshaun Watson's very good, not quite elite yet. I would say only elite is really Lamar. I'd say Lamar. Lamar, Mahomes, Russ. And then I would argue Wentz, but, yeah. I mean, I can get the argument for not injury riddled and stuff. So he thinks that Jared Siddham's going to be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback, basically. Well, Jared Siddham has had an injury so far, which, which, I mean, I hate to hold it against him, but that's a durability issue. And if you're going to be a successor to Tom Brady, you can't have durability issues. Brady got hurt one year, one time. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an absolute Iron Man. So durability, that's a problem. And in three days, he's thrown seven interceptions. And uh, one day he went two for six with two picks. I think that was, um, say, Saturday. I think that was Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. It's just not – he's just not good. It's just uh, not – I mean, it, just because, like, a, a fifth-round pick sat in a room with, with a Hall of Fame quarterback doesn't make him good. Yeah. You know, Mason Rudolph sat with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Big Ben, and everyone saw how that went. He's just not good. You know, Duck Hodges sat with Big Ben, and Don't it still didn't work. Dude, we need to bleach the studio now. <laughs> you, said, you said his name. It, okay, look at even Josh Dobbs sat there for like three years. And didn't do anything. And it, actually, Josh Dobbs is very comparable to Jared Sidham. Both, both are mobile. Both were supremely average quarterbacks in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Both ran really odd offenses in, in college. Tennessee was kind of all over the place, different coaches, this, that. So he ran a bunch of weird systems. And Jared Stidham in, in Auburn is an incredibly goofy, not pro-style offense. It's very so, hard to gauge how someone's going to move on from that system. So If I can just cut you off here yeah. for a second. Four teams in the SEC that just don't usually – like for quarterbacks, or not even just quarterbacks, but that run weird systems that don't fit NFL teams. I'd say Tennessee. I'd Auburn. say I'd say Auburn. I'd say Vanderbilt, and I'd say Kentucky. And I'd put Missouri in the mix too for a fifth. Yeah, Missouri, like, but definitely those four. Uh, no, nah, I don't know if I'd go Missouri because they had Drew Locke, so they had a very 
pro-style air raid offense. I think with Kelly Bryant, it was a little weird because he was very mobile, more mobile than they were used to. But, yeah, no, I would probably – I agree with your first four there. Yeah, I mean yeah. – No, they run weird offense. It's very hard to evaluate an Auburn offense. Or, um, uh, they're just – it's so weird. An Auburn offense, a Tennessee offense, Kentucky's offense was and really weird. And just Vanderbilt just because it's just not like – A football school. They're just not good. Yeah. And so everything they do is going to look weird just because it has no results. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, you look at Kentucky's offense from last year, and they had like four different quarterbacks. They had Terry Wilson got hurt week two versus Eastern Michigan, um, and then Sawyer Smith got injured versus Missouri, actually, or Mississippi State, one of the two. Um, that's another team, actually, that doesn't really fit. Yeah. Um, and then they put in, and then their other quarterback, uh, Nick Scalzo, who was on QB one, the Netflix series. Yeah. He tore his ACL the last day of practice, and, and they uh, had uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. was actually the starting quarterback. Who is actually half the season? Who right now on the official depth chart is the third string running back for the Raiders. So, yeah. and he's probably actually going to play more at wide receiver. Yeah. Or even a return man. Yeah. Because he was a pretty good return man. At, and he at was Kentucky. their quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's hard to evaluate. But I just – I see a lot of similarities with Josh Dobbs and who had ended up being – There you go. Kind of a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I no one was really expecting much, but he's not good. No. And he wasn't good. Um, I just don't think Jared Siddham's good. I mean, I, I don't have his Auburn stats pulled up. But in the SEC, I, I think he went for like 18 touchdowns, 11 picks. Career? No, no, no. Like he was only he was only there for one year. He started at Baylor. Oh, yeah. He's actually a five star recruit, very highly touted. Went to Baylor, was really good, and then all that um, Art Bryles and stuff happened. Uh, uh, a mess down in Baylor. He transferred to Auburn. Um, let's look up Jared Stidham's college stats. I guess eighteen and eleven is his yeah. that senior year at Auburn. If this is right. You're gonna get hit. I think it's right. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. College stats. Here we go. If this is, if you're right. All right. So what we got? Okay. Okay. Here's Auburn. Okay. No. No. Okay. He only had five picks. That's really good. That's really good. But only 18 touchdowns. Okay. You had and not really there. impressive on yards. Uh, 2800. Only seven yards a, an attempt. Or, or yeah, about eight yards an attempt. Um, he just wasn't. Really, that special? Completing only sixty percent of his sixty-one percent of his passes—that's just not good. Yeah. Um, and that was his his second year there. His first year, he went for eighteen and six—a pretty much similar year, thirty-two hundred yards, a little more there, and uh, completed a little higher of a clip at, at sixty-six. But then he regressed. You know, I just, I just don't really see it. Um, people have their doubts on Jacob Eason, and Jacob Eason was. Head and shoulders better than Jared Stidham statistically and arms arm talent. Uh, I just really don't think Jared Stidham's a good quarterback. So my freezing cold take is Chad Finn. You thought he was going to be a quote very good quarterback for the New England Patriots. Well, actually, he went two for six with two picks in one day. So um, yeah, you're out, buddy. You're out. Um, that's a nice cold take, Chad Finn. Go ice that down, dog. <laughs> well, the ice cold take made a return. It was good. Um, we're going to move in now. It's our little game segment. Uh, it's kind of like the would you rather, and uh, we're going to do it with running backs. Uh, Nick Chubb, to be specific. Um, okay. A lot of hype around Nick Chubb, which I think rightfully so is really good. Yep, and then we're just going to uh, get through this. We have um, seven guys that uh, 
that I'm going to put up here against Chubb for you. All right. So we're going to just roll through these here. So and the next about, five years, you said? Yeah. So for projecting for the next five years, would who would you want as your running back if you're trying to build a team? Okay. Um, so first up, either Nick Chubb or Ezekiel Elliott. Um, if this was five years ago, I would um, I would say Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. But I would now I would say Nick Chubb. Zeke seems like he's kind of declining a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still think he's eighty-five to ninety percent of what he was, which is still top three, top five running back in the league. Yeah, I just think Nick Chubb's ascending, and for the next five years, I'd rather have a younger, fresher, faster Nick Chubb than a Zeke who has been in the league five years, mm-hmm. got beat up a little bit. You yeah. know, he's been through it more. He's just he's an older back. And uh, he just doesn't seem as explosive anymore as he needs to be to for me to pick him for the next 10 years over Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So I'd go Nick Chubb. Okay. Uh, now we're going to go Chubb or Saquon Barkley. Saquon, I don't really think it's that, that all that close. Um, if Saquon can stay healthy, that is. See, the problem, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but also I think that's because he's carrying the team. And uh, it's hard to stay healthy when you're the only guy on the team of any worth other than Daniel Jones, really. Okay. Um, but skill wise, talent, I would take Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think. Have you seen his quads? Have you seen his his speed? I think he's faster than Chubb, and I think he runs harder than he's Chubb. Stronger than Chubb. Yeah, I, I would just rather Saquon Barkley. I think he catches the ball a little better as well out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard though. Nick Chubb is an absolute beast. Yeah. Uh, Good. Next. Uh, Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry. I would go Nick Chubb on that one. Um, Derrick Henry is a more physical bruising runner, bigger body. Um, and they've been, they've been running them like 30 times a game yeah, last been, year. Just been hopping I think on. he averaged like 26 carries a game, which is a disgusting amount. I actually saw that, just saw that 99 uh, yard, uh, touchdown run he had. Yeah, that was insane. No, I think it, it Derrick Henry's a really, up. really good back. It's popped up on Instagram um, for me the other day, actually. Yeah. But I think the game's moving away from him as much <laughs> as he had his success in the playoffs. I think. Yeah. I think the game's moving away from big power running backs, and I think that is going to – that obviously that hurts him. And then just the wear and tear on his body hurts him as well. Um, and Nick Chubb's also younger, so mm-hmm. I would get Nick Chubb. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb or Christian McCaffrey? I think McCaffrey – McCaffrey. I think yeah. he's transcendent. A thousand and a thousand receiving and running is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I know people say, well, he's the only person on the – on the team, but you could view it as you wish that, you know, yes, he's going to get the ball every time, but also the defense is game planning against him and they still can't stop him. Um, he's still going for, it's just how good he is going right. for a thousand, a thousand in a, in a season, which is insane. And um, I think that's where the league's also heading is more catching and finesse and, and McCaffrey's that. Yep. I would, I would go Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Uh, Nick Chubb or Dalvin cook. I would go Nick Chubb. Okay. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook's really good. I think right now he's he's getting – he's going to come into a problem, Dalvin Cook, is that he's probably going to get replaced in Minnesota if he doesn't understand that he's got to take a little less money. And the reason is that he doesn't have a gun for him is his backup's too good. Um, his His backup is actually averaging more yards of carry than Dalvin Cook is. So from that point, he's expendable, and um, I think he's good. 
I think Dalvin Cook's really good. I would have him as a top five running back. Mm. So there's seven people plus trouble in this list. That's eight. He's definitely a top eight running back. Mm-hmm. But I would rather have Nick Chubb. Okay. I'd rather have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb also doesn't have as many injuries as Dalvin Cook did. In college, Dalvin Cook was hurt. And early in the pros, Dalvin Cook was hurt. And uh, he seems to only play about four, 13, 14 um, games a year, which, hey, if he's that good for that many games, fine. But I would I, I would rather have Nick Chubb day okay. in, day out. All right. Nick Chubb or Alvin Kamara? I think Nick Chubb. Okay. Um, I really like Kamara. I love Kamara. He's on my Madden team. Like I love Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He can really, really catch the ball to the backfield extremely well. He blocks better than people give him credit for. But Nick Chubb, I think, does all those things, but just a tick bigger, tick stronger, and a tick faster. So you take him for five years. I would take him for five years. And also, um, the injury thing again, Kamara was 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 playing with, with a bum leg last year. Um, a, a hamstring issue. Hamstring issues are nagging. They're tough. It's very plausible that in four years you'll still be looking back at this hamstring injury. They're very tough to 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 fully recover from. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go Nick Chubb. Okay. And to finish up the list, Nick Chubb or Josh Jacobs. This is tough for me. I really like Josh Jacobs. Um, and there's a little bit too much hype around him. Saying that he's a really like a top back, uh, I would definitely have him top eight. Uh, I would go Nick Chubb. Okay. I would go Nick Chubb. I think Josh Jacobs. Since the next five years, I think in five years, if we're okay, so like you know how I said that uh, five years ago I would pick Zeke over Chubb. Mm-hmm. Well, in five years, I could easily. I wouldn't be surprised if I look back and say the same thing. Like in five years, I'd probably take Jacobs over Chubb. Okay. Like like five years ago, I would take Elliott over over Chubb. Right now, I'm taking Chubb over Jacobs, and in five years, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacobs is better. But I think right now, Nick Chubb's in his prime. He's in the heart of his prime. Mm-hmm. Jacobs still is is getting there. He's getting better. He's still really good. Um, but again, he also runs a little more physical too, and I think that could be problematic for wear and tear. Mm-hmm. And I think Nick Chubb is just bigger. About the same size, but uh, just faster and, and catches the ball better out of the backfield. So I'd go Nick Chubb. Okay. So yeah. to clarify, I picked Chubb over Elliott, mm-hmm. Chubb over Henry, and then Chubb over Cook, Kamara, and Jacobs. So I would have Nick Chubb as the – so I picked Barkley and McCaffrey over him. Mm-hmm. So you'd have him as the third, you would say? Or it doesn't that seems about, about right. Wise. I think currently I would have Henry – and Cook above them, above Chubb. But for the next five years, I would rather Chubb. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I would say Barkley, I think, is number one on any list. Projection-wise, current-wise, I think Barkley should be number one. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that just about wraps up today's episode. Uh, thanks for listening. If you missed it earlier, we, uh, you know, we had some pretty good, some pretty good rants on the, the Chicago White Sox and on tight ends. <laughs> on a tight end list that we didn't agree with really whatsoever. So if you didn't get that, make sure you go back, listen, uh, make sure you check out our Instagram, our, uh, it's at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Uh, we have stuff going up there pretty often. And, uh, our graphic on the AFC North, make sure you go and you comment and listen to Mon or was that Wednesday? We did it Wednesday's yeah. episode on the AFC North. Go, 
uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really anywhere you get your podcast. Just search from, the uh, issue. Unless you're from Pittsburgh, you might not want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm. we ripped the Pirates pretty hard, but no, no. I mean, the Steelers walk talking about the AFC North. Mm, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna like it if you uh, go and check that out. But we're realists. We yeah, are realists. We're not. We're not biased. We love our Steelers. We love the Pirates. Love the Penguins. But will not be biased when it comes to predictions for them or ratings. ratings whatsoever. So, thank you for listening to today's episode. That was the issue.